interesting week. There's been an election. We have a whole new thing happening soon, right? And that very same night, there was something else that happened that kind of caught my heartstrings. Um, I don't know how many people here are hockey fans. Watch the Stanley Cup, the final game on the Thursday with the, the great eight, the Russian Alexander Ovechkin. If you watch that game, uh, a lot of us who are hockey fans, it, wasn't, it was hard to hold back the emotion of it. Ovi is one of the, the greatest goal scorers uh, in history of hockey. He, since 2007, he's been uh, helping the Capitals with a powerful team, um, but they would always lose in the playoffs. Always lose. And, and for a decade, he was struggling with this. And one of his arch rivals was the great Canadian boy, Crosby, Sidney Crosby, and Crosby would always take him out. And so you'd, he, you'd hear all this talk about Ovechkin. Ah, he's not a leader. Like, kind of like Stefan Dion, I guess. Uh, if you remember that. He, uh, he, he cannot win a cup. He's not a, a team player. There's all this stuff, all this ridicule he, he endured for a decade. There's some great uh, things here like, yeah, I went to Ovechkin's house for a drink, but there were no cops. I just tried calling Ovechkin, still no ring. You can't spell Ovechkin without choke. Ooh, that's a hard one, right? There he is, holding up the golf clubs. Yeah! And then finally, on Thursday, to tears and those golf clubs, here he is with the cop. That was a powerful moment. And what it reminded me, as I began to think about my sermon this week, is the old phrase, patience is a virtue. I remember my mom saying that to me so often, I had to be patient with her saying that to me. <laughs> Good things come to those who wait. And spiritually, we know that this is true. The Bible tells us that in order to, to spiritually mature, it's going to take patience. If we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to persevere like he did. In fact, it is in the waiting and in the patience that we begin to actually reflect Jesus. He displayed patience and endurance throughout his ministry. We read this in Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the saints, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
Jesus was the epitome of patience. He ran the race that was set before him. He endured the cross. He endured opposition. And what we recognize, we start to look at the life of Jesus, is that his patience is something that he put on display for us to see. I started thinking about the the times when you see patience in in the life of Jesus. One of the first places that he's patient with is his disciples. Thank goodness he's patient with us, right? I was thinking about this, and and there's a slide that I found when I was searching about Jesus and his disciples and stuff, and and it it said this, why Peter's idiocy is so helpful. I was like, like, I don't don't know the rest of it, but yeah, it's very helpful for me. I don't know about you. I was like, oh, yeah, you useful idiot over there. You can use me. Right? There's something about these disciples. He just is like, what are you doing? Pushing little kids out of the way? Oh, you, you can't see Jesus. Like, the, the things that they did, right? You think about it. And he kept saying to them six times in faith, you of little faith. Like, don't, we, didn't you, don't you remember? Why is your faith so little? Patience with disciples. He had patience with his disciples when they went racist. Remember the Samaritans? Can we, can we put fire down upon them? Why are you hanging out with them? Patience with them. Slowly but surely showing them the kingdom of God is not about ethnicity. Actually, a Samaritan is, can be the most perfect example of God's love. Their denseness with parables, like, oh, I don't get it. He's like, what? That's, I don't want you, somebody's reading it like, it's pretty simple, like, I'm sure Jefferson doesn't even have to explain it, right? It's, it's pretty. And then the disciples are like, oh, I don't get it. He's patient with them. He's patient with, with them uh, at betrayal. You see this, this picture, and there he's getting this kiss from Judas, and, and Peter's chopping off ears, and you're like, that, that's a madness scene right there, right? He's like, he has to be patient on many sides with his, his own beloved disciples. Never mind patience with, with the authorities, with the Romans, with the Sanhedrin. Like he, we're talking about patience here. Jesus waited through the mess. He, he waited for the mess to be cleared and his name to be cleared. Patience with God was his next thing. Because you can imagine the middle of this when the disciples are chirping off, when he's having all and, and, and here we are. He's being patient with God. He's like, God, could you please take this cup from me? Could you, could you, like, I, I'm your son, right? Could you please take this cup from me? And God says, son, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. And he's sweating, blood. He's so stressed out. He knows what's coming. And here he is, and he says, God, it's hard. Father, I don't know if I can take this. And yet he is patient with his God. He listens. He waits on him. Even in the midst of the, of the cross, he, he's there on the cross, and he, he throws up. He, he's, not, he's not afraid to tell God, why have you forsaken me? What, what are you doing? But even there, he's patient. Now, when patience gets to that level, we have a new word for it, and we have this word in our text. It's, it's endurance. When patience isn't, isn't just kind of like waiting from being bored or waiting, just kind of, when it gets intense, then you're starting to endure, right? You're, you're going through the fire. You're, you're enduring the suffering. 
And Romans 8 says this, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right to the present time. It's not just you or me or us. It's everything in creation groaning. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sonship. Come on, Lord. The redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. The earth is groaning. Our hearts are moaning. And I love the example it gives here of pregnancy. A lady who's been here who's endured pregnancy can understand how powerful a metaphor that is. You think about a child and you're excited about having a child, but you had to go through nine months of discomfort. You gotta, you gotta go through nine months and, you, and you're, you're wondering, like, how much coffee can I even have? Am I allowed to have coffee? It's, it's, there's a lot there. I need coffee. <laughs> nine months of discomfort. Uh, one to 24 or more hours of extreme labor pain, like actually in the throes of it. And this is what he's saying, like, this is what the world is like right now. We are in the midst of labor pains. This is hard times. This is not easy. This life isn't just butterflies and roses. You're just going to rose garden. You also have difficult times. And yet, at the end of those nine months, when you first hear that cry, that breath that we heard Darren talk about, when you first hear that, I don't know, my wife tells me it was worth it. I don't even know if I'm a strong enough person to do that. I mean, honest, like, it was, she tells me it was worth it. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> right, that, this, is the, this is the reality. It was worth it. And this is what God is telling us. It's worth it. It's worth it to stick with Jesus. It's worth it to wait on God. He will get us through. Everything is waiting for redemption, and it's going to happen. I think about, um, I mean, I think about patience and, and the different levels of it. One of the, one of the things we can talk about is, is the carnival. The patience that we've seen with our staff, Wendy and Jefferson, and we're trying to get volunteers together, planning, Darren, trying to get all these little pieces together. As a congregation, right? When you think about the carnival, hey, we've been doing this for a long time. Like, what are, what are the results? Is it working? Is it not working? And you kind of think like, oh, does it make a difference? And the answer is Yes. Like, we're making those connections. It takes time. Wait on the Lord. Be faithful with your service. God is doing something. Sometimes, I gotta say to you, sometimes ministry feels fruitless in life. You're like, oh, what's going on? But then you get surprised. All of a sudden, someone hits you with an email 10 years later and says, you helped change, you spoke these words, and you're like, what? Oh. Be patient. God is doing something. He wants to work with you. And sometimes it feels like you're Christian. Like, what am I even doing this? Nothing's, like, this isn't changing anything. I want to encourage you to stick with Jesus. Be patient with him. He's patient with you. And you know that, right? He's watching everything. You're like, oh. Sometimes, oh. 
Not out, oh, like, oh, I hate an awe of a parent watching his kid do something stupid, like, oh, there he goes towards putting his hand on the stove again. Like, that's the kind of, right? He's like, that's our God. That's the type of patience he has with us. And, and we need to have this type of patience too. Just, just keep going. Let God bring his results in his time. He knows what he's doing. Another place that, for patience, I believe, is with our church right now. Right? It's, it's, not, it's not an easy moment. And yet, we know that God loves his people. All of his people. And we know that God is doing something. So let's trust him. Let's trust God. Wait on him. See what he's doing. Cry out to him, yes. But trust him. Wait on him. We know our God is faithful and will do good things for his people. Amen. So let me ask you where you're at. Where are you at with being patient in your life with your God? Are you waiting on a job? Yesterday I went to a concert and there was a couple of friends we met up with and we realized, oh, we're all kind of looking and seeing what's going on. And, and it's, there's a patience part of that. Like, hey, God, what do you have? Like, maybe you're there. Maybe you don't know, what's the next step for me? You're moving into a new era of your life and you're like, God, I don't understand. Let's have patience. Wait on him. Move at his bidding. Some people are probably like, maybe, maybe you're waiting on a partner in your life. You're like, oh, man, I just want someone I can share life with, and it's really difficult, and I've been there. I know that. And God's sometimes saying, like, it's his time. Wait on God. Maybe you're waiting on medical issues. A lot of us have loved ones, right, who are hurting, and you're like, oh, waiting for results or waiting for something. God, like, we need to wait on him. We need to, to throw our cries up to him. Maybe you're waiting on family. Like, Lord, this is a messed up situation. I love this person, but I can't, I, I'm worried about what's going on in their life. I remember talking to a lady who waited 20 years for her husband, and he finally came to know Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful picture? 20 years of waiting and praying and seeking. And then some, it doesn't, even, it doesn't end up that way. We know that. I'm not trying to pretend. But just recognizing there's a virtue, there's a, a changing. You are starting to reflect Christ while you're waiting, while you're being patient, while you're enduring. So have patience. I know it's hard. I'm not trying to pretend it's all easy. Life's not easy. It throws you curveballs. I think what God's asking is just keep swinging. It's often like we're the kids in the back seat, I think, with God. Are we there yet? How much longer? It's been 2,000 years of people asking God, when's Jesus coming back? It's a long wait. Like, this has been a long wait, guys. You're sitting in these chairs. Like, you, we collectively, humans who follow Jesus, Christians, have been waiting a long time. But it's formed us. It's changed us. It's allowed us to be compassionate. It's changed who we are. And I hear Jesus answering back, patience, my child. He's much nicer than I am. Like, shut up. Like, no, he's like, patience, children. And guess what? He, does not act, he doesn't resent us asking the question. He, he wants us to ask the question, how long? And we have this in the Psalms all over the place. We have it in Habakkuk. How long, Lord, must I sing the song and your ears not hear. How long, Lord, must I sing this song and your ears not hear? Why do I cry violence and see salvation silence? Why do you make me look at crooks? Why do you take such evil book cooking? Destruction of life is before me. 
You ignore rife strife. Astounding, dysfunction, abounding. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. We saw justice sterilized by lies. The wicked stick it to the righteous, and the light gets evicted. How long, Lord, must we sing this song and your ears not hear? How long, Lord, must we sing this song and your ears not hear? And guess what? He wrote that. He wrote that. He asked us to sing that to him. Because he knows. He knows what it's like to endure. So let's not pretend patience is easy. Let's not feign that endurance is fun. But we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on the one, so that we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. This is what God hopes for us, that we don't lose heart. He wants us to keep going through the pain. He asks us to be patient. He asks us to endure. He asks us to have a steadfast spirit because we have the steadfast spirit within us, the Holy Spirit. For there is joy on the other side. We know this. The sun will shine again. The future is bright. It reflects Christ's perfection. Someday, we're going to feel so much more than a little bit like this. An amazing accomplishment. Capitals, you've had years of frustration, but here is the grandest celebration. You get to hoist the Stanley Cup. Alex Ovechkin, it's your honor. Come on up. incredible raw emotion and he doesn't want to put it down who's he calling out of course someday that's gonna be yes yeah yes Jesus (laughs) yeah the Leaf fans have to endure a little longer (laughs) someday we're gonna be more excited than that do you believe that Someday, we are going to be way more excited than that. And, and the 10 years that he endured to get to that, the, the endurance that we've had to show through all the ups and downs of our lives, we are going to celebrate like that together. I am excited. Oh, happy day. That's what it's all about, is realizing that Jesus defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated pain. And one day, he will return and set everything right again. A Stanley Cup has nothing on heaven the sense of the joy of the peace and the reconciliation of all things together. The wait for, the, for the, this great eight is just, it's just a little foretaste of how we're going to sing when the angels bring in that great King, Jesus. But in the meantime, 
let us wait. We hope for what we do not have. We wait for it patiently. And today as we